never thought I'd die podcasting side-by-side with an elf. What about side-by-side with a Frank? I... I could do that. Hi everybody and welcome to Frank Reviews, a father-son expedition through pop culture. I am Harrison the Sun. And I am Expedition. This is an expedition. Sure. Does that mean like we're supposed to have like khaki clothes on and, yes. and ride uh, in a jeep? Yes, cargo pants, uh, yes, jeeps, cargo pants. pith helmets. Pith. Pith. Keep going. Pith. Pith. And uh, shorts that only come down to about mid-thigh. Yes. Uh, uh, socks that inexplicably go up past your knees. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, yeah. I got them. Yeah. Oh, good. I'm We're set. all ready to go. Well, this week, we finally reached the conclusion of The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King, Extended Edition, Disc 2. And joining us for a final time is my grandmother, Nan. Hello, everybody. It was... (laughs) I'm sorry it's over. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, what was... This was your first time seeing the extended edition all the way through for all of these movies. What what did you think of the the longer version? Because this... Theatrically, this movie was three hours. Extended edition, it's like two or three minutes shy of four full hours. So... I think they should have released the extended edition. (laughs) Well, honestly, if uh, COVID kind of clears up, uh, this year is the 20th anniversary of these movies being released. So they might do something crazy like that uh, when theaters reopen. I wouldn't say no. Dad, What? this was your first time watching these movies, period. What did you think um, <clears throat> now that you've seen the see. full, the yeah, full I'd like, gauntlet? I'd like to see them again. I want to start over at the beginning. Okay. Um don't threaten me with a good time yeah um i really enjoyed them i really okay. liked the fantasy stuff and uh the the photography was great the scenery was great the characters were great um there were some kind of draw drawn out dopey soapy <laughs> sappy parts in in some of the uh, sure sure in some of it um lots of orcs got run through with oh, man. with steel blades man, and did they um but there's lots more um so it was good it was a lot of fun good good did you have um a particular favorite scene uh in this half of the movie or at large in the in the whole trilogy um well let me just stick to this <clears throat> this particular half not i don't know about a f- favorite but um i know when he was when he was going to drop the ring into the river of lava sure it seemed like it took him like three hours to drop it he just wasn't (laughs) dropping it wasn't dropping it wasn't dropping it it well you've spent essentially like uh uh 
at this point, 11 hours and two years watching these movies in theaters. I, I kind of understand how they'd want to draw that out a little bit. They uh, <laughs> Well, I guess, I guess, you know, you're supposed to wonder, well, yeah, he drops it, but is he going to drop it? Right, yeah. <clears throat> and then ultimately, he doesn't really drop it. Gollum attacks yes. him. Yes, And uh, uh, I, I'm never going to forget that, like... Uh, uh, the first night, opening night, Fellowship of the Ring in 2001, it plays to a mostly, you know, quiet but curious house, and people kind of applaud a few of the big moments, uh, especially when the big orc gets his head cut off at, yes. the, at the end of that movie. And then two years later, um, like I said, every time a, a returning character appears for the first time, they get like a standing ovation. Yes. And the big moments where, like, uh, the Rohirrim ride down the plane and smash into the orc army, that gets, that the crowd goes mad. But then finally, when Gollum and the ring fall into the lava, and Gollum disappears underneath, melting away, and the ring just floats on yes. top, you could, the crowd started to lose their yes. minds. That wasn't yeah. That oh, was yeah. <clears throat> even even though it fell in, it was yeah. just floating there, and it's like, come on, yeah, come on. Yeah. And come then on, when it finally does dissolve, the whole place just erupts into yeah. just insane applause yeah, and cheering. They, and they took that. I've always loved that transition from two thousand one to two thousand three because you know two years ago nobody knew what a Hobbit was, right. and now people have invested so much in this ring melting away that they just lose. Oh. I love it. It's one of my favorite moments in all of yeah. cinema. <clears throat> yeah, it was good. Uh, it was good. Uh, yeah. Um, Nan, did you have any favorite parts uh, from this half of the movie at large in the series? For me, one of the best parts was how um, the king, uh, when he which, was... You're going to have to narrow it down. Which king? <laughs> The one that got killed in the... Uh, oh, uh, Theoden. Yes. Uh, from Rohan, yes. Okay. Um, and his daughter went uh, to console him. Uh, uh, niece, but yes. Oh, niece. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, went to console him. Excuse me while I correct the person who read the books growing up on <laughs> Tolkien lore. Well, I forgot no one. Yeah, it's fine. Um, was a very sad part. Yet a very uplifting part that he recognized her mm. as someone who was worthy to fight. Yes. Uh, yeah. Um, that's basically... So this half of the movie is just shy of two hours. And I spent about an hour and a half solid just in tears or on the verge of tears. Like almost the whole time. Uh, uh, it, this movie always wrecks me, especially the second half, because it's like all catharsis. Basically from the moment where Sam shows up, uh, after Frodo's been attacked by Shelob, the giant spider, basically yes. from that point on, I'm losing it in the theater or just at home watching this. Um, the only thing I have against this movie is that Sam did not win an Academy Award. That, and it's actually... not against the movie, it's against Hollywood. Yes. Uh, okay. Well, hang on. 
It's funny you should mention that because I have that pulled up. I'm going to steal the microphone over this way for a second. So, as we said last week, this movie won 11 Academy Awards, every single one it was nominated for, making it one of the few clean sweeps in the Academy Award history. And that's actually another good question to ask. How many clean sweeps Oscars? We'll get to that in a moment. But The Lord of the Rings Return of the King uh, in the 2004 Academy Awards won. And I'm going to read these uh, off Google. Best film editing, best makeup and hairstyling, best costume design, best sound mixing, best production and design, best original score, best adapted screenplay, best visual effects, best director, best original song, and best picture. Um, and I am convinced, Nan, that the only reason why Sean Astin, Sam Gamgee, didn't get nominated is because, uh, uh, for a couple of reasons. So, one, that would mean that it would win 12 Academy Awards, which is, I believe, more Oscars than any other film in history, uh, in order to keep the sweep. Or if he lost, he would they would lose the sweep and lose that great story. Uh, and uh, two, uh, I I know I had a second reason. Oh my, oh my god. god, I'm absolutely losing my mind. And Dad is casting. Oh, he's giving me so much side eye. That's terrific. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, I remember watching the Academy Awards and being upset because I think. Best Supporting went to the movie Mystic River that year, uh, which I did see, which is basically a two and a half hour drama directed by Clint Eastwood about uh, having PTSD from molestation as a child. And let me tell you, not my favorite movie. Mm. No, not at all. Not so I'm still pretty sour that Sean Astin didn't get nominated, but uh, we we can uh, we can give him our own awards. We can. Yes. Uh, you, uh, Sean Astin, if you're listening to this, uh, Dad, you want to call him the Frankies? Yeah, the yeah the the Frankie Award. It's the fr- a little statue of me, <laughs> made, made of chocolate. <laughs> Gold foil chocolate, at uh, least? No, aluminum foil. Just aluminum foil? Yes. Okay. All right. That's fair. Wax paper. Uh. <laughs> you certainly deserve it. Um, so, Dad, as a biologist, you might be interested in knowing that Shelob, the giant spider, yeah. is obviously a larger version of a New Zealand tunnel web spider. So, they basically oh. took a real-life spider that is terrifying and made it... Much bigger, and that's just what Shelob is. Okay. Uh. <laughs> yeah. The, <clears throat> biologically, um, it was expelling web. Oh, I don't know that they have a stinger. I don't know that spider because they usually they they um, um, with their with their bite with their mouth they, yeah. they will inject poison. I don't know about the stinger. It, it does say mostly based, so I oh, think they mostly. modified it a little. Oh, uh, mostly. mostly de- he's Most, only mostly dead. He's only nearly dead. Yes. <laughs> okay, and um, and in expelling the web, yes, or the the silk from its abdomen, it was. I think it was expelling like a webbed web, not just single strands. Yeah. And, I, <clears throat> and so that that ruined the whole series for me. That <laughs> that issue. 
This is this is just another Godzilla uh, oxygen destroyer yes. moment for us. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. How dare they? The rubber suit was fine, but the oxygen. <laughs> now you did have me write down one quote, so I have one note that I made, uh, and you said to make a note of after uh, Frodo says, "The ring is my burden." Oh, oh, okay. Okay, okay. Well, <clears throat> Dad had thoughts on that. Okay. Well, it turned out um, um, I thought the redness around his neck was because the chain was actually warm or hot or mm. full of, I don't know, um, hobbit juice or spice <laughs> or something. <laughs> I don't know. Hobbit yeah. juice. Yeah. Um, but it was literally the weight the the yeah. weight of the burn and that showed up about three or four minutes later. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. So uh, I I do like how um, it, they kind of gloss over it. But man, another thing, Sam gets the short end of the stick again in this movie. Uh, in the book, it makes it very clear that Sam takes the ring, thinking that Frodo is dead, fully intending to uh, complete the quest and destroy the ring himself. Um, but he's forced to use the ring for its invisibility uh, uh, powers and, and stuff like that while he is deep within Mordor. And they make it very clear that Sam is tempted by the ring with power and glory and, and all this. But Sam's just like, I don't want any of that. I just want to go back to Hobbiton and Garden. Yes. And so he's canonically the only person to be, uh, uh, to have worn and used the ring and say no and to not the ring. Fallen victim to exactly. It, yeah. To so uh, Sam is like the real hero of the story. You know, if you if you read a little bit deeper into it, like the movie, it, you don't need to read too much into it, I guess. Especially with the uh, I can't carry it for you, but I can carry you. Yes. Which yes. is uh, oh oh god oh god dad any other moments or stand out uh, well bits you, or? you brought out the second half you know and the tearing and stuff like that after they won the battle after the after the ring is destroyed yeah mean, and after or? the ring is destroyed and they won the battle and stuff it's like okay i'm good we're done <laughs> <laughs> and and i realized like movies like once the enemy is defeated or once the objective is reached the movie's over. Right. Yeah. So, okay, uh, close, ending credits, the end, you know, leave the, leave the um, theater. But this thing went on, and it's oh like, my God. okay, come on, get yeah. over. And everybody's hugging everybody, and everybody's crying, and everybody's all upset. And it's like, get on with it. I'm done. I've had so, it. It's a, so the I, movie a- ended about an hour <laughs> earlier for me. That's actually a pretty common criticism of this movie, uh, that it has too many endings. Yeah. And um, if you look in the uh, in the Blu-ray notes, each each uh, movie comes with like a little guide showing you where all the special features and stuff are. And if you look at the chapter listing on uh, uh, in these pamphlets, it's got a little asterisk next asterisks. Is it Ast- plural? Asterisk. Asterisk. A uh, little. Asterisk. Yeah. A little, I, a little you know thing. what I mean. A little thing, a little yeah, spot a, thing. a little, a little, a little thingy, uh, denoting if it has extended uh, sequences or if it's a whole new scene that wasn't in the theatrical. And most of these movies have like little asterisks next to each of the chapter titles. But for the last half hour or so, from basically the beginning of that final battle on, 
nothing is changed. Like, that's wholly part of even the theatrical experience. So even casual moviegoers had to sit through half an hour of uh, denouement. I really hope I'm using that phrase uh, correctly. Hang on. It's feng, feng shui, isn't it? <clears throat> denouement definition. Merriam-Webster. 1. The final outcome of the main dramatic complication in a literary work in the denouement, the two lovers commit suicide. Two. Oh, golly. All right. It gave me an, an example there as well. I'm, I am using that phrase correctly. That's nice. Um, yeah, but uh, uh, it, it, for me, I feel like you need that emotional release. At the end of all of that, some of us need it. Some of us need it. Well, maybe, maybe they should have like a, a pause where like Frodo turns to the camera and says, "Okay, for all of you that are not emotional, you can leave now." <laughs> a little, we'll, we'll wait. <laughs> a, okay, a little Chiron shows yeah. up on screen. It's like, and the, and then like it's over. Go home. Half the audience gets up and leaves, <laughs> and, and for the rest, it's okay. Now let's continue. Uh. <laughs> Well, I did want to mention, because it is a big deal in the books that uh, the elves and then at the end of this series, um, Frodo and Bilbo and Gandalf and Galadriel and Elrond, they all get on a boat and go across the sea into the West, as it were. And it's kind of like uh, uh, Tolkien's version of essentially dying and going to heaven, essentially. And I've always been curious about like his use of into the West or across the sea or what have you. And then I realized somewhat recently, and I'm sure this isn't a new revelation to anybody but me. And Nan, I'm sorry, I haven't read that book about Tolkien and C.S. Lewis that you gave me uh, just yet, but I'm sure that's covered in this. Uh, uh, so Tolkien served in World War I, uh, and what do the English call the water between Britain and the rest of Europe? The sea. Or, no, hang on. They call that... Wait, the, do they call it? The English Channel. The English Channel, yeah. right. So, to me, I'm, I'm convinced that uh, uh, he always felt guilty about surviving uh, World War One, while so many of his buddies died in the trenches and whatnot, and that their final reward was to be shipped across the sea back home. Okay. So, yeah, and even in the way he describes it in the books, and I'm going to read a little bit of the final book here. Um, the gray rain curtain turned all to silver glass and was rolled back, and he beheld white shores, and beyond them a far green country under a swift sunrise. And to me, the, the the white shores and the fair green country, that just reads like rural England yeah, to me. Yeah, that's so the UK. That's very much <clears throat> what Tolkien would have considered heaven, okay. mm -hmm. uh, I think. So I, I always like thinking about that. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I think that was his, his uh, version of a tribute to his, uh, his fallen brothers from the trenches of the war, uh, which I have always liked. Uh, Nan, any other thoughts that you wanted to touch on? This is, uh, this is the end of the road, really. Well, I'm sorry it's the end of the road, and, uh, I'd like to watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got the extended edition DVDs set be beside your TV, so anytime you want to crack those open, go to town. But, like, like you said, like, you read these books, uh, when they were first being published growing up, and... In the uh, 50s. In the 50s, yeah. 
Um, but uh, so what's it like just uh, being a fan of the Lord of the Rings since the Lord of the Rings was a thing? It seems like it's always been a part of me. Mm. I was very young in right. the 50s. <laughs> and um, in the 60s, I think it was, or maybe the early 70s, it really, they were having um, um, classes in schools okay. about the Lord of the Rings. Right. And uh, even in college. So... It took the world by storm. I uh, I did take a class in college called Science Fiction Literature of the 20th Century, and Fellowship was part of the reading list, so, uh, as was the comic book Watchmen, but that's neither here nor there. But, uh, yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, but the, the classes um, were all Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. N- no other books, well, yeah, just yeah. Lord of the Rings. Well, it's, it's, and you saw these movies 20 years ago when they first came out, and again just now, and I, I'm sure I've said on these episodes before that any time they show up on TV, you just sit there and watch from wherever you turned them on to the very end, because uh, they're always broadcast as a trilogy. It's never mm-hmm. just like, you know, fellowship on Friday night, and maybe we'll get to the rest, but uh, uh, what... um. Do you have a favorite sequence throughout the whole trilogy or a favorite moment? Uh, oh, when Gollum goes down and the ring floats <laughs> and then finally goes down. That's fair. That's absolutely fair. That shot going up through the ring from Gollum's face and it just travels backwards uh, as he dances for joy after biting off Frodo's finger. Ah, yes. Uh, <clears throat> Oh, boy. I, I it, it was, yeah, Gollum got <clears throat> what he deserves, but Schmeagol was, I really liked him. You really liked Schmeagol? Yes. Yeah. But obviously, you know, the the Gollum was the, the negative, the evil one, but yeah. Schmeagol was, he was really neat. He that He's the one that I really enjoyed. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I liked him. Although, you know, he was pretty unattractive. Well, <clears throat> I mean... It, Gollum turned out to be the more dominant personality. Yeah, I guess. unfortunately. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and he wasn't going to change. Well, no, no. That, that yeah, there was there was some hope. I think it was the second movie. You know, like yeah. uh, oh, you know, maybe Smeagol will be the outstanding one. But guess mm. not. fair enough. Well, Dad. Uh, oh, wait, any, wait, wait, wait. Oh, yeah. No. Um, wh- why did okay? So okay. getting on, getting on the. <laughs> Getting on the boat. Getting on the boat. Gandalf mm-hmm. and Frodo with the other people and yep. stuff. So that's like dying. The, or going away. If we want to get real deep into the uh, Tolkien lore, elves uh, uh, specifically come from some far-off land over the sea and came to Middle-earth. And what we're seeing a lot of throughout the entire trilogy is them literally picking up and leaving Middle-earth to go across the sea back to their own lands. And Gandalf is a uh, a type of angel also from across the sea uh, who is specifically sent over to Middle-earth uh, to uh, uh, until Sauron was defeated. So now that his, journey, his mission is over, he goes over as well. well so... 
in fantasy terms, they're just going back to uh, what are called the Undying Lands. Okay. But to me, it's not really that difficult to draw parallels between that and uh, Heaven, okay. or the Afterlife, or Paradise. Can, or Can they come back, like, if another adventure presents itself? Nobody has. Okay. Yeah. So, I guess that's the question, like... Heaven must be so great, nobody's come back yet. And why did Frodo have to go? Well, so, this is better spelled out in the books again, but because Frodo was a ring bearer, the ring grants you basically everlasting life. But you have to sort of die to get it. Sort of, yeah. You have to have used the ring at some point. So Frodo is functionally immortal, although over time he would just become more and more withered and decrepit and golem-like. And uh, so did Bilbo. And as you saw at the end of the movie, he was already beginning to age kind of rapidly since the ring no longer had an effect on him. And in the book, even Sam uh, had the ring. So... Eventually, Sam goes across the sea as well. Uh, uh, if you read the appendices, the extra 300 pages <laughs> of book after the end of the book. Okay. Um, <laughs> if you want to get real deep into it, uh, Legolas, the, the elf, um, him and uh, Gimli the dwarf uh, spend a long time touring around Middle-earth, but eventually they build a boat and go across the sea together. Okay. I believe Gimli is the only dwarf to do so. I'm willing to be corrected on that. I'm not entirely sure, but it's a very cute relationship. I love them, so, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, did that answer your question? Yeah, but that that was, uh, yeah. uh, I think, for me, the saddest part. Obviously. Um, when, well, yeah, when Frodo yeah. is... Well, they also welcomed on the boat. They they also make it a point to to point out that he's still suffering from that stab wound from the first movie. Oh yeah, and he even says it'll never fully heal. Right. So it's a loose metaphor for PTSD, I guess. But okay. he'll always live with that pain, and thanks to the ring, he will live forever. So get on the boat and yeah. go to town. Yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, any other questions? Uh, from either of you. <laughs> no, great, great series. Great series. Good. Okay. A lot of fun. Well, uh, Nan, anything else you wanted to add? I think it's amazing that these books were written so long ago and the movie made so long ago. Mm-hmm. And it's still popular. It really is. Yeah. Um, I'm not entirely sure something like this would would really ever go away. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of hope not, given how much time and energy I've sunk into it. Uh, but that about wraps it up for The Lord of the Rings. Um, next week, Dad, I know we've discussed this off mic. We're going to be going straight into, as of, I'm pretty sure, as of... The day, yeah, one month to the day from this episode drops, we will be sitting and watching Godzilla vs. Kong. And that comes out on a Friday, March 26th, and we are going to be watching, recording, watching, recording. and releasing the episode all, all right. on that day. So that episode will not drop Friday morning at midnight as usual. It'll drop closer to... Saturday at midnight morning. Um, But next week, we're going straight into what I'm calling a Kaiju Countdown. And if I've done my work correctly, I will have added a musical stinger to that phrase. Uh, But we're going to go straight into Kong, Skull Island. Nice. Nice. I'm excited for it. 
Can't go uh, wrong. Yeah. It's just you spend six weeks watching a group of people walk to destroy some jewelry, and we go straight into Giant Monkey. <clears throat> just Giant Monkey. Perfect. Yeah, perfect. All right. Um, I think that's everything. Uh, uh, I am HD Lickner on Twitter, Muscle Nerd Studios on... Oh, no, wait. That isn't everything. Dad, I need your letterboxed review for uh, Return of the King. Uh, what uh, what star rating would you give the Lord of the Rings, Ooh. the Return of the King? I'm going to do this over here. All right. Four and a half. Four and a half. Out of what, five? Out of five, yeah. Four and a half. Four and a half. And do you have a, uh, a little review? Too many endings or anything else? That you uh, yeah, the only reason it doesn't get five is the, the sappy ending stuff. Um, you could just snip that piece of film, let it drop on the floor. Right. Uh, as far as I'm <laughs> concerned, a lot of people do appreciate it, but wasn't for me um once once the battle was won and the objective was achieved i was good and then i realized well that is how movies do end yeah <clears throat> but then this this kept going on um uh and so much action um it was just excitement from beginning to end <laughs> well that's good that's good i'm i'm very glad you liked it uh and um Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, good. Uh, otherwise, HD Lickner on Twitter, Muscle Nerd Studios on Instagram, Frank Reviews on uh, Letterboxd. Um, Dad, take us away. Um, keep uh, keep your mask. Keep six feet or more from people. Don't go out if you don't have to. Watch the snow if you're in the Northeast or, or Midwest or West or South or wherever there is snow. Uh, and be good to each other and do something important with your time in your life. Well, here we are at last, dear friends. On the shores of the sea comes the end of our fellowship in Middle-earth. Go in peace. I will not say, do not weep, for not all tears are an evil. And the ship went out onto the high sea and passed on into the west, until at last, on a night of rain, Frodo smelled a sweet fragrance on the air and heard the sound of singing that came over the water. And then it seemed to him that in his dream in the house of Bombadil, the gray rain curtain turned all to silver glass and was rolled back, and he beheld white shores and beyond them a far green country under a swift sunrise. Sam turned to Bywater and so came back up the hill as day was ending once more and he went on and there was yellow light and fire within and the evening meal was ready and he was expected and Rose drew him in and set him in his chair and put little Eleanor upon his lap. He drew a deep breath. Well, I'm back, he said. <laughs>